Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today on Missionary Talks, I'm talking to Mike Pettengill. He is a missionary in Honduras. Mike, can you tell us a little bit about your your ministry and what it is you're doing there in Honduras? Sure, David. We've got a, a team of missionaries uh, here in Honduras, and our primary focus is church planting. Uh, everything we do is pointing towards trying to uh, really cover the entire north coast of Honduras with uh, Bible-believing churches. Can you tell us how you got from being just a, a normal church person to getting to Honduras? What's kind of your story there? Sure. Um, my family is not, I, I guess, what you would call um, typical missionaries, if there is such a thing. Uh, my wife was a nurse manager, and I worked in politics for 20 years, and and uh, we were both uh, in the professional world, and we're making good salaries, and we had cars and motorcycles and houses in the suburbs with built-in swimming pools, and and it really wasn't a, a point where the Lord pointed out to us we were headed the wrong direction. It was a point where he said, okay, now I've prepared you for this, now it's time to go. So in our late 30s, uh, we sold it all and quit our jobs, and, and uh, we went to language school in Costa Rica, and then we moved to La Ceiba, Honduras, where we've been since uh, June of 2008. And uh, I, I, I want to let your, your listeners know, uh, trying to learn a new language at the age of 38 is probably not the most advisable uh, uh, way of doing it and, and kind of taking a, a teenager from uh, the suburbs in the United States into a third world country is also not the best way to do it. But the wonderful thing is, is it's really not been a difficult transition for us. The Lord has absolutely taken care of our hearts. He's taken care of the sale of our home and the quitting of our jobs, and, and, and everything has been, I hate to say the word easy, but the Lord has just really absolutely taken care of our family and, and uh, made the transition very, very, uh, very acceptable and, and kind of um, really a peace about it. I think one of the things that we often think of as church people with the thought of going to the field is how am I going to quit my job? How am I going to make that step of faith and move my teenager to another country where they don't even speak the language? Uh, to us, it's so overwhelming. But the reality of it is, like you say, when when that time comes and that's what the Lord wants you to do, then he can help facilitate that. What specifically then is you, you say you're involved in church planning and you have a, a team there. What specifically is it that you're doing with the team? Well, it's some, David, it's some really neat work. Uh, when we left the U.S., our intent was very small, and I think, in all honesty, the Lord used that uh, to, to get us out of our comfort zone. Uh, our intent was my wife as a nurse was going to simply uh, address the physical needs of, of people, and, and I was going to work with teen boys and do sports ministry. And we got here, and it was almost as if the Lord patted us on the head and said, that's really nice, that's really cute, but I've got something much bigger for you. Uh, so literally within several months, our team started to grow. We now have uh, a, a team that consists of two families. We've got uh, seven adults and five kids on our, on our team. We have um, five other adults that are in the process of coming here and either raising support or, or at language school. And so it's a rapidly growing team. It's very exciting. And uh, the Lord has completely redirected our ministry from where 
we thought it should go. And don't get me wrong, I fought it the entire way. Um, I, I, I really uh, wasn't comfortable with the changes the Lord put into place. But again, um, once we realized that the best place for us to be is out of the Lord's way and he would do some amazing work, things just happened so fast. Right now, uh, we are focused primarily in a community called Armenio Bonito, which is a, a small 3,000-person community. It's kind of the super poor uh, neighborhood in a country of the super poor. Uh, we, we do a lot of work there. And then we also, we're, we're building two ministry centers right now where we, in both ministry centers, we're going to have a medical clinic, we're going to have a high school, and we're going to have a church. And in one of the ministry centers, we're building an indoor soccer field. And in the other ministry center, we're building a homeless children's center and a theological seminary. And so this is all going on as we speak. Um, it has been, the construction of these ministry centers has been absolutely amazing. We have never had more than a couple thousand dollars on hand, and we've operated day-to-day, week-to-week on our finances, and literally gone to our employees on several occasions and said, well, gentlemen, uh, don't come to work on Monday because we're out of money. Mm -hmm. And then I I get home, and the phone rings, or I get an email, and someone says, I heard about your ministry, uh, that you're building these ministry centers. How do I get you $4,000 today? (laughs) And I go back to our Honduran laborers, and I say, well, gentlemen, the Lord has taken care of us yet again, so show up to work on Monday just as usual. It's been astonishing because we've never known where the money is going to come from for the construction of these ministry centers. But on one ministry center, we have actually not missed a single day of of work. We have mm-hmm. never missed a payment for materials in 16 months. And in the other ministry center, the same thing has occurred for nine months. And so we have two separate construction projects going on where we're employing a total of 21 Honduran employees to do all of this work. And, and we've never known where anything has was going to come from from day to day and and my teammates have said mike wouldn't it just be great if the lord would write us a really big multi-million dollar check and we could take care of this and our response has been on numerous occasions sure and then we'd be excited and we'd thank the lord for about two or three days and then we'd go about our merry way but the way the lord is working it is every day every week we know that every penny and that every every bill that we pay and every payroll that we make is from the Lord. Uh, we have we have been down to a couple hundred dollars on hand, and wondered where we were going to make our payroll the next day, and, and the Lord makes it happen. So it's just been astonishing to watch. It's, I, I love to share the story because we have nothing to do with it. It's all the Lord. With a team, what kind of dynamic do you think is? helpful. You know, I, I hear people talk about team missions, and then many missionaries are working as individuals. What do you think are the big advantages to having a team-type ministry, and would you ever want to go back to being an individual missionary? Well, there's, it's, really, it's really neat, David. It's, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's an exciting aspect of our ministry, and there's really two, two points on that I want to bring up to you. Number one, um, my background is is uh, as a manager, as a boss, as an organizer. Uh, I do I do a lot of communication and I raise the financial support. But 
I don't have the ability to do the construction work. So the Lord gave us a man who is responsible for construction. I don't have the, the ability to meet people's medical needs. And so the Lord provided us with my wife, who's a nurse. Uh, we have on our team um, people that have been school teachers. We have on our team people that can, can sing and play instruments. We have hard workers. We have people that, that, that fill in the gaps where the rest of us fall short. Uh, currently in transition to come to our, uh, our, our, join our team is someone who has experience in doing uh, work with homeless kids. We have a pastor who is on his way to joining our team, and we have a physician's assistant who is on the way to joining our team. The Lord continues to provide us with those, those pieces of the puzzle that I just couldn't provide on my own. There's no way I could, I could accomplish all this. I don't have the skill set, the time, or the energy. But on the other hand, um, you leave the country and you think, I am getting involved in another culture, so I'm going to have culture shock, and I'm going to have difficulties with language, and I'm going to have difficulties uh, with the culture of the people of Honduras. You don't stop and think about the cultural differences from your teammates. And unfortunately, statistically, what you find is that the number one reason why missionaries leave the field or don't complete their term is other missionaries. They get into, into fights and the feuds, and they and they we're sinners, right? And so we, we deal with our problems wrong. Well, our team, we have a, a family from California. We have an individual from Texas. We have someone from Georgia. We have someone from Maryland. We have someone, uh, two people from North Carolina, two people from Arizona. So we have, you don't know, think that those are all different cultures. Those are all people that, that have eaten different foods and spoken a different language <laughs> and even worship Jesus Christ in a different way. And you don't think, that that's going to be a hassle, and it, and it really has. But the, the neat thing is, is the Lord has given us uh, the ability to love each other and to understand that ministering to each other is just as important as to ministering someone who lives in Honduras. I think of Honduras, and uh, you mentioned the, you're ministering to the poorest of the poor. Uh, what is it that your family does for recreation when you need to get away and and just relax you know if i'm a church person person in the pew thinking well what what is it the missionary is doing uh to to take care of his family what is it y'all do there well um your your idea of recreation has to change i mean there's no way around it um we don't have disneyland or theme parks nearby and uh, even though we live on a on a, in a city that's on the beach, we actually can't access the beach because the, the water's so polluted. So we, you know, we can't do the same type of recreation that maybe we, we would have in the States. You know, there's no IMAX theater and, and all of our, all of our favorite restaurants aren't here. But you develop new interests and new, and, and new likes. Um, we are in the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and so there's poverty all around us. But that doesn't mean there's not beauty all around us. Uh, we are absolutely blessed here to have some uh, gorgeous islands that are just off the uh, just off the coast, and we have some friends that live there and have said that we can come stay in their house whenever we want. We have some uh, just eight miles behind my house. We've got an amazing uh, mountain range called the Name of God Mountain Range, and uh, and there's some wonderful hiking up into the rainforest. As a matter of fact, the community that I that I told you that we work in, Armenio Bonito, 
it is poor, but it's actually in a protected rainforest. And so I get to go to the office every day, and I get to stare up at, at a cloud at a cloud forest, and I get to go play with kids in the rainforest, and it's it's just astonishing the beauty that the Lord has given us. So the Lord hasn't abandoned our our desire to see beauty and our desire to recreate or, or relax. He's just kind of said, okay, we're going to supplement it. We're going to do something a little bit different than what you used to do in the United States. Have you become more physically active then? Yeah, we've had to because uh, really um, my family has always been physically active, and actually most of our team has been physically active uh, all of our lives. Uh, but really the, 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 the language of this culture that we live in is soccer. And uh, if as a 42-year-old man, I've got to get out every day and I've got to play soccer with 12 and 14 and 16 year old boys. And in order to do that, I've got to maintain some level of physical health or I'm going to drop dead of a heart attack in this heat and humidity. And so, uh, we, we have been able to, to do a lot of that. We go swimming with the kids. We take them to the river and we even take them to some cleaner parts of the ocean. And, and, uh, and, and really it's kind of spurred a, a level of youth in us that maybe kind of we had left behind several decades ago. When you're thinking about uh, the people in the pew and they're they're listening to this, oh, you get to play soccer every day. That sounds like a rough job. Oh, and and I I know what it's like to get out and play soccer, so I know it is kind of rough at times. <laughs> but uh, oh, what are some of the more mundane things that you have to do that the folks back home may not understand? Well, uh, it, it's all about. Um, it's relationship building. So, so literally, whether you're you're playing soccer or you're or you're uh, baking over a, a, a wood burning stove with a family, or um, you're simply sitting in their living room and talking, it's relationship building. But also, there's the, the matter of fact. Today is a great example. Uh, I wrote a I wrote a, a, a Twitter post that that said that my day today is uh, the day that they had never wrote about in Hudson Taylor and Jim Elliott's biographies. It's, ad, it's an administration day. Um, our work won't go forward if I don't file my appropriate paperwork back in the United States, or if I don't make some phone calls uh, uh, soliciting financial contributions. Um, or if I don't attend a meeting with our Honduran attorney today, um, all, all of that has to take place. You know, we've got to visit the municipal office and we've got to have meetings with the city council members and the engineers to make sure that the buildings that we're building are, are up to code. We've got to pay our taxes in Honduras and in the U.S. just like everyone else does. And, and uh, so you don't think of, uh, when you think of missions, you don't, you don't think of, um, you think of the sexy things. You think about the ability to to um, to teach classes, to teach English classes, to to put on kids club or VBS. You think of uh, medical clinics. You think of providing Bibles and evangelism tracts. You don't think about sitting down with a Honduran attorney or paying Honduran taxes or sitting down with a uh, an electrical engineer to make sure your plans are in order. But those things those things make the other things possible. Uh, and, and it's a reality, just like it is in the United States. Mike, is there a story you'd like to share with the listeners, maybe something that's happened on the field that uh, can help us understand your ministry? The, there's a young lady uh, in Arminio Bonito that just, she grips my heart every time I think about her. Her name is Oneda. 
And when we first met Oneda, we actually we, we didn't see her. She stood off to the side. Um, she stood behind trees. She stood behind fence posts, and she never approached us. Um, and as we got to understand Oneda a little bit better, we discovered that she was a she was a uh, a preteen or a teenage young girl who was who was mute. Um, she didn't speak. She didn't have communication skills. And unfortunately, what we learned was that the community treated her like really a stray dog. Adults and kids would kick her and throw rocks at her, and she was ostracized. She she did not fit into the community. She was not a part of this culture. And really, you you look at somebody like Oneda, and you think that how can other human beings treat God's creatures like this? And these were these were people that lived amongst her and, and were her neighbors treating her like this. And it took several weeks. Oneda would stand off to the side, and she, if we started to approach her, she would run. She had never met an adult that didn't treat her poorly. And so now, after uh, almost three years of interacting with Oneda almost on a daily basis, uh, we, we not only converse with her and pray with her, but she's actually, in some cases, a leader in some of the ministry that we're a part of. Uh, she will assist us in our medical clinics. She will assist us in our in putting on our kids clubs, our weekly weekly kids Bible studies. She'll assist us in putting on English classes. And we let the community know that when we're around making fun of Oneda and and beating Oneda, it's just not acceptable. And so mm-hmm. she has gone from really just being, it's sad to say, but a step above a stray dog to really being an active part of a Christian ministry and she prays with us and, and, and we, and we love on her and we treat her like she's our own daughter and just really need to see her. That, that is wonderful. The love of God can, can really help overcome many things. Mike, is there uh, a website where people can get more information about you and your ministry? Yeah, David, we've got a, our, our team website is serving in Honduras.com. And then we have a, a personal family website, which is pettengillmissionaries.org. And uh, our team is very, very good uh, about keeping up with, we, we, we use Twitter and we use YouTube and we use blogs on an almost daily basis because we like to have people who follow our ministry and your listeners included to be a part of what we're doing. We don't feel that our ministry stops at the Lord sending us to Honduras. Uh, that's just the beginning, because we believe that everyone that, that watches a video or reads a blog, they, they learn more about the ministry, and they know the people like Oneida who they can pray for by name and by face and get to understand the ministry a little bit better. And so uh, visiting those two websites, Serving in Honduras, dot uh, com or petengalmissionaries.org will will just give you an entry into our ministry and understand how to better be a part of our ministry through prayer. Excellent. I'll have a link to both of those websites at the missionarytalks.com show notes so that you can go to the um, episode with Mike and then see the links there to his websites. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your time. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, David, I just want to just thank um, you and your listeners for having such a, a great heart for the Great Commission. And I, I really want to uh, encourage your listeners to, to listen to the Lord's call in their heart and don't feel that they know where they want, that the Lord, they, that they know where the Lord is going to have them serve. Um, 
you may be a missionary in Honduras, you may be a miss, missionary in Kenya, but you may be a miss, missionary in Alabama or Georgia or, or, or Missouri, and that is where the Lord has you. And just avail yourself to the Lord's calling and allow the Lord to use you as He wants to use you, not as, not as we want ourselves to be used. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.